listening to the non-traditional podcast hey girl hi how you been <laughs> oh man so why don't you just shut that right on down rihanna i'm sorry <laughs> she got too much money right now i don't want to get sued right can rihanna can you toss us some fenty coin please <laughs> or just, can I just be like a Fenty beauty model? It's all sizes, y'all. We could do it. How have you been? How is California? Yeah, do you see my garden growing behind me? I mean, do you live in a jungle? You're I like me now. California. Yes, I'm trying to be like you and not doing that well, but I'm faking it. Like if I angle my camera the right way, I look like I'm like you with the jungle. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. You'll get more plants. Plants yeah. in there. Love it. Uh, yeah. California is good. It's a little hot, which I probably shouldn't complain about, um, but they are, <laughs> it's hotter than normal here. I'm closer to the water, so it's not as bad as it is on the east side, but uh, I'm close to the water, so it's not super hot, but um, I'm actually going to stop complaining about heat right now. I know, because I live in the, on the east coast where <laughs> it is well into fall, but I actually like, I feel like we're having a real fall. You know, those t- you know all those years where it'd be like, summer winter cold snow <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we're actually having a period of time here where it's like nice and folly it's cold in the morning i went out and ran some errands today and it was like nice and warm and now the temperature is going back down it's nice today's a nice day the last few days have been raining so today's actually a nice day which is good i do love fall i do miss fall i just don't love the winter necessarily right but um i believe both of us were had some speaking engagements this week, correct? You were oh on my podcast after the Apple talk, right? Tell us about that. Wow. That seems already like four years ago. <laughs> right? Life is crazy. Life is crazy. But Apple had an event. That, wow, it really does seem like four years. I can't believe that that was just, that was this just week. last week though, right? Yeah. Crazy. So they had an event and I got to be a guest on the podcast called Clockwise. Um, clockwise it's a tech podcast it's really fun because it's time-based so it's like 30 minutes and they ask four questions and you just like talk on the four questions for 30 minutes and it's done so that was a really fun like opportunity and it was really fun being a guest I was sweating so much because I always get nervous (laughs) for all of these things so I'll leave the link in the description and you can listen to it too it was really really fun we talked about the new phones and like what we thought about the new phone so it, it was fun it was fun I love that and I love black women in tech spaces and you are the perfect person for it so that's amazing. I can't wait to listen. And I love that it's like super nice and digestible. You said 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, amazing. So I did a panel for the Mondo NYC conference this past week, which is a music conference that's usually in real life in New York every year. Um, and I was a part of the mindfulness and music section. And we did a conversation with Des Dickerson, who used to be in Princess Band. And oh, wow. Kenneth Newman, who um, is in the live sound part of the entertainment industry and is uh, like at the helm of diversity for black women in the industry which is really awesome so we chatted about being okay with not being okay because it's COVID and a lot of people are not okay and it was really awesome I'm so glad to talk to like two other black folks about what's going on in the industry especially people who are so seasoned so I think there'll be some snippets it was a paid conference so I don't think they'll put the whole conversation out but Candace already has a snippet of the conversation so I'll try and post some things as they come out nice awesome so let's dive in 
this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. The exciting episode with Brie Kogal. Oh my gosh. I just re-listened and I just, she makes me so happy. I'm so proud to call her a friend. And this conversation was great. She has grown. She was already such a baller at 16. And now she's a whole mom. And I'm just really, it's so nice when you can feel fully proud of your friends. And I truly am in this conversation is a testament to that. So I'm so glad we got to chat with her. What did yeah, you think? Yeah, I mean, we were always going to talk to Brie. I mean, that was a given. She's She brought us together. Duh. <laughs> so mm-hmm. obviously we were going to talk to her at some point, but I loved the conversation with Brie because I think for people who are in a career flux or in a different time of their lives moving, it, it was a great example of a career in motion. You know, She started something when she was super young and which is, you know, it's not normal for most people. Most people don't start a career at 15 or 16 or, you know, something like that. But over time, her new sort of, her careers have ebbed and flowed with what was going on in her life. So she's had a few different careers and now with what she's doing and studying law and, you know, all that, it's, it was a very interesting conversation, especially when it's someone, a friend of yours, and you're still sort of blown away. It was, it was great. It was really good. Yeah. Right. Uh, we don't want to tell you too much because it really is a wild ride, the life of Brie, formerly Brie Branker, now Brie Kogel. So we'll jump right in and let you listen and tell you our thoughts afterwards. Welcome, Brie Kogel, to the non-traditional Should we start podcast. singing, Essa Balu? <laughs> have i already ruined the podcast it's gonna sing before it's already the intro already oh, shoot <laughs> you could um, never ruin the podcast never i just wanted to come in strong and ended <laughs> <laughs> but welcome brie and i'm sure our audience is gonna get it right away brie is like our best our bestie she's like our best friend. hi babes hi hey, friends how are you <laughs> Um, I'm a lot of things. Um, but I think the best way to, to sum it all up is that I am a new mom and then you just get it from there. Yeah. There you go. Um, let them know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, so mm-hmm. we obviously know and love you so dearly, but for our listening audience who may not know you, tell us who you are, what you do and how you move through this world. Oh, okay. So my name is Brie, formerly Brie Branker, these days Brie Kogel. Um, If you know me, you know my adorable and loud and crazy husband, CJ. And um, so who am I? I am a former Broadway dancer, former slash current fitness professional, former New Yorker, living in North Carolina these days, full-time student, full-time mom, and trying to change the world. Amen. Come on, intro. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> it's all about trying, right? But let's start. Let's start from the beginning, okay? When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my gosh, dancer. I mean, the weirdest part is that my brother is older, so he was into sports, and so it, when it was my turn, like an appropriate age, to start doing like YMCA sports or whatever, my parents were like, "All right, so you know, it's your turn to pick." Two years old, I said, "I want to be a dancer." Wow. So I don't know who told me that. I don't know how I was influenced at the wee age of two, but it was always dance. And that's awesome. So, and you went full throttle. You went into that, right? 
Oh, um, unfortunately, Jen had to witness a lot of that. But yeah, I'm a, a very aggressive person and that has always been the case. And I just dance classes, dance at school, dance camp, all of the above. In the hallways of high school. Yeah. I mean, if there's space, move. Did you know <laughs> specifically what sort of dance? Like, did you want to be a backup dancer in a Britney Spears concert? Or did you know what sort of dance you wanted to go to? Waharo. Waharo. I mean, all of the above. So Waharo is uh, me and Jen's code name for Wade Jeremy Robson. Um, he is uh, the former choreographer for NSYNC, Britney Spears, and all that 90s nonsense. But he's an incredible dancer. He brought up, uh, came up with Michael Jackson, little known celebrity Michael Jackson. <laughs> so anyway, um, I always wanted to be in every medium possible. So backup dancing, um, TV, film, Broadway, all of the above. If there was dancing, I wanted to do it. The thing about concert dance though, like ballet, the, the thing that you attribute to like a quote unquote real dancer, I definitely was never good enough for that. So <laughs> we can leave that one off the list. Okay, but you did nail all the rest of those mediums. So let's just go ahead and- Hey, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> Say that. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, I guess we could talk about your dance career forever, but I think what will be really yeah. interesting as we go through this um, interview is how things change for you. So we can jump straight into, you move to New York, you want to be a dancer, you go into the dance, you know, you, you start dancing on Broadway and performing. Um, were you a rocket? I was a rocket. I was not the best rocket. I was very young when I was a rocket. And so there was a lot about business and being an adult that I did not quite understand. So I didn't really take as full advantage of the opportunity as I wish I had in retrospect, but that's all about, you know, that's learning, that's growing. So I appreciate it for that experience. But yeah, technically I was a rocket. And how old were you when you were a rocket? I was 19. Wow. Oh, yeah. So you start a career very young, too. Yeah. Okay, so you are dancing, you're in New York. What changes? What happens? For me to stop dancing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, from even before Rockettes, I was uh, overseas in Asia and Europe doing West Side Story, which was like a dream job. But that was the first time that my body started like breaking down. And I thought it was just like a, a show injury. Like, oh, I hurt my... I th- the time it felt like my back. I was like, oh, I hurt my back doing this show. It'll be like a few weeks and then I'll move on. Um, so, you know, how 14 years later, <laughs> it's still with me. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of time dancing around it, dancing through it, compensating like you do until I just couldn't anymore. So I, uh, I pe- pretty much broke my hip. I tore it and fractured it. And I had surgery in 2012. And I kept dancing after that for about as long as I could, which was like a year and a half. So, you know, it was an injury. Wow. Typical, typical. Wow. Now, and for those who don't know, Brie and I have known each other. I think you were 14. I was 15. Yeah. We're not going to say how many years that is, but it's a lot of, lot of years. <laughs> uh, and and I'm, since I've known you, I've just seen you constantly going through change you've just been ready to go you were at our high school and then you left our high school to go to nixa now unksa <laughs> north, carolina, <laughs> north carolina school of the arts at the time 
Uh, and then Go you, Pickles! <laughs> and then you were kind of on the road. You were touring, you were in New York, you were really nailing it. What advice do you have, especially now that you're transitioned from dance to fitness to mom slash schooling what advice do you have for people who are pivoting their careers you seem like you go into it with such fervor and you just really believe in yourself how can you instill that confidence in other people who are listening well i think the thing about failure is that it's a good thing and people don't like to hear failure and associate it with anything positive and my thing is about time. Like I don't have time to sit around and just feel feelings. I probably should, um, but I, I don't like to make time for feelings. I like to make time for action. So it's like if something comes into my life and I'm like, great, we're going to do A followed by B followed by C and we get to B and C is just no longer an option. I'm like, great. All right. What's D? Like I've just always been ready to pivot and not taking it as a a setback in that I can't achieve anything, but it's just like, okay, the recipe has now changed. Now, instead of having pudding, we may have mousse. People eat mousse. I mean, not really, but it's delicious. Sure. You know, like a very fancy. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's just, it always, because there have been so many setbacks and coming from businesses that are unstable, unpredictable. There was never any like normalcy in my career. So I didn't get to get comfortable. I had to innovate in order to continue making money (laughs) so that, you know, I could like pay bills. Um, So it was just what I needed to do to survive in New York. All New Yorkers know this. And so when I start to encounter people that have not had to make those kinds of decisions and supporting in themselves, I don't even get it. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Well, and you, you've answered, you know, one of my questions, which is what, what's the time that you failed, quote unquote, that brought you to your current success. But is there a specific moment or is there a moment that you really feel like is iconic to your life that you feel like if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. And you're so grateful because, I mean, we love your life. We love to see it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, I've just seen you be so happy lately. And it's really it brings me joy. So is there anything that you think, man, I'm kind of really glad that happened. Yeah, I used to always say that it was uh, the surgery or uh, getting fired from Cirque du Soleil, which was a dream job. Um, And those things still hold true. But I think more recently, as I'm now in my 30s, um, it actually had to do with a little bit of a downfall in my fitness career. Like fitness came into my life when dance was failing me. And it really was like dance light. I mean, it was the same career. And so it wasn't really a big transition. It was still performative. It was still physical. Um, It was just more money and more reliable. So it was a lot easier, which is why I mean like dance light. Um, So I used to think that that was my big transition. But in reality, I think I'm now on the other side of it. And that's probably going to happen every decade, right? So I think when (laughs) I was thriving in my New York fitness career. I was teaching all these group classes. It was a lot of fun. It's how I met Anastasia. And it was just easy. It was easy to stay in it. It was no need to look outside of that little box for any fulfillment until it wasn't. And then I was like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm teaching people how to do push-ups, and oftentimes often instilling Uh, more belief in themselves and motivation and inspiration. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I wanted more and I wanted more from myself. I was like, I have more to offer the world than push-ups. I have more to offer the world than you can do it. But what is that? 
And have I given myself the opportunity to actually explore that? And so I wanted to rise in the fitness industry in certain ways. And I would audition at studios and get rejected. And that would be fine because I was still, I still had a good reputation. I was still working in fitness industry, like in a very prominent way, but it wasn't doing it. And it wasn't until CJ and I got together, um, I was doing a lot of fitness modeling, which again, fun, not that fulfilling and not changing the world. That's when I decided I needed to go back to school. And so when I started going back to school is when the career opportunity of getting involved in policy opened itself to me, which I did not know about myself. But here we are, I'm in my senior year and I am taking the LSATs a week from today. So it's like things just happened and I didn't really plan for them to happen that way, but it feels so right and it feels so important and valuable as a mom. Um, and I'm just into it. So here we are. Before we go into what you're doing right now, which I, I really want to get into, because I remember when you said it, I was like, wait, what? That came out of left field. But um, I met you through fitness. That's when I first met you. But just in general, as someone who has gone through different career stages, like dancing, fitness, modeling, and now you're in school, I don't know you as someone who hasn't had passion for each of those different things. Um, How do you maintain that or how do you find that? Because I think sometimes, you know, when people have to pivot to something else, they they almost see it as um, not only a failure, but a loss of maybe a dream, you know, that they had. Mm. But I feel like Mm -hmm you wanted to be a dancer that didn't really work out you got into fitness and then you were like really into fitness and then that you know how do you find that passion in each of those places well I I have to lead with passion if there's no passion in it then I can't fake it it you know it's like in a relationship like we're all in or we're all out otherwise it's a waste of time um so if if the passion has led me to it I'm gonna see it through as long as I can until it's faking it And that was exactly how I got out of my dance career. I was doing a job that, I mean, so many people had auditioned for. At the audition, I was like, I don't want to do this. This choreography is like, eh. I was like, just not into it. And I didn't do a good job. And I got the job anyway. And that just pissed me off. I was like, I don't deserve this. I I don't deserve to be here. There are plenty of other girls that would be so much happier. And then the same thing started to happen in fitness modeling, where I was like, I just, this is not it. Like I, I can do a running lunge jump all day long to show off your leggings, but I'm, I'm not into it. And so if I'm not into it, then that's going to come through on the other side. It's not going to be genuine. And so what is the point? So for me, it's not necessarily a failure or a dream not realized. It's kind of like a dream remixed. Like you just got to kind of keep following your yellow brick road. And it's like, all right, well, where are we going now, Toto? Like what, what is next? And what is going to light me up? Because I just, I cannot do things halfway. I really can't. But if I'm into it, I can do things 1 million percent. So it's about the pivot. Dream remix, living for that. Uh, Why not? Exclusive. Let's get into what you're doing now. You decided later in life, and I think this is great too for people who sometimes feel like they maybe had a non-traditional career like you did where you were dancing at 19. So college wasn't really a thing for you then, but now you're in college, go to Harvard. Yes, she's she's Harvard. Go Crimson. <laughs> but um, 
how did you find it? And also, how did you navigate in it? Because when you started, did you know when you started your first semester that you were going to take the LSATs? No, no, definitely not. So I didn't plan on not going to college, which, you know, if you know me, that doesn't sound right either. But, you know, UNSA, as Jen likes to call it, North Carolina School of the Arts is the high school that I graduated from. And it also is a college. And if you do your senior year there, you only have to do three years of college. So I always plan on going back there. Then that just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to go to school for dance while I was getting paid to dance, you know, like, nope. So while I was performing in New York, I started doing some classes at New School University, which were expensive. And I was like, I can't sustain this. So I started going there right before I went to Cirque du Soleil because I could take so many classes online and I had this three and a half year contract. So I was like, okay, I finally have guaranteed income for the next few years this will be fine. And, you know, a month into my contract with Cirque, I was fired. So I had to drop all of that. That was in 2009. So it's not, it's weird. Cause I was like, Oh, well, I'll have to finish at some point. And then fast forward almost 11 years before I really got it together. I just, I did not want to go to school for no reason. And school to me is such a business in America. And so it really bothered me that I would have to do so much what I call like advanced high school with those general educations. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to learn what I wanted to learn, which is what I loved about fitness. It's like, you want to get a certification, go for it. And that's all that there is to it. Like that makes sense to me. So I was really anti big, big college for a lot of reasons until I found Harvard Extension by accident. Um, I was looking for, actually, I wanted to go to a physical therapy program and you have to have an undergrad to do so in anything. And that just, again, pisses me off. So I got an undergraduate degree in like bird watching and that's good enough. Like it's just stupid. (laughs) So I was looking up programs and because of that, I was getting all these targeted ads And that's how Harvard Extension popped up in my periphery. And it was, what's cool about it is that it's earn your way in admissions. So they don't look at, you know, test scores and GPAs from high school. So I just kept following the like breadcrumbs and then I was enrolled and this was last summer. Um, And so it is a liberal arts degree, which is exactly what I wanted because I did not know what this meant. I was like, I need to learn things. I need to learn what I'm interested in beyond something physical. And I don't know what that is. So if you're going to force me to take all these classes, I'm going to figure it out. And lo and behold, a few months later, I was a government major and I kept dabbling with the idea of the LSATs. It was like, oh yeah, I want to take that just to see how it goes. And then we went into quarantine. So I had all this time. I was so pregnant. There was so little to do. I was like, let's just see. So here we are just seeing, (laughs) I don't know, guys, this is very typical, Brie. It so is. It really is. And what I love about you is you're always so practical. You're just kind of like, ah, I don't care if I'm making a lot of money. If that doesn't, if that costs too much money, I'm not going to get it. And I don't care if that's like the degree that I'm supposed to have, like, I don't want to do that because it doesn't make any sense. And, And so many people move through this world and just do what they're supposed to at the times that they're supposed to. And that is so not you. And yet you've had all of these major successes and you've really created your own path. So no question there. I just want to like call that out. Aww. Love you, Jens. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> you know, we all let them know. Um, I do want to know what, 
through all these phases of your life, and specifically, I guess, the careers that you've taken on, what has translated over to every stage of your life? Oh, goodness. Um, I think, gosh, I don't know how to say this without sounding really stank, but like, I think just being Black in America. And let me explain. Um, I don't need to explain it to you two, but you know, for our white friends out there, like, you don't get to be Black in America without understanding that you have to do more than the average anybody to get the bare minimum. And as much as that sucks, it does put and instill a work ethic into you that you cannot get rid of. Like, and that's what I meant before about like, if I'm not really into it, I'm not going to really do it because I don't like that half-ass stuff. Like if we're here to work, let's work, let's be on time, let's get it done, let's fulfill, let's check all the boxes. I don't like this willy-nilly privileged stuff. And that's not to say that I haven't been afforded privilege because my goodness, I have and I've taken advantage of it and I would not be here where I am without it. But being Black has taught me a lot about relationships with other people and how to do those in a professional setting that just, it cuts through the crap and it gets to the end result much faster with a lot less emotions. Yeah. But it's also like a disheartening trait because you don't necessarily develop the the heartstrings with everybody that you could. Yeah. And it's like, you don't get the sugar-coated world that some of our white friends do. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's real life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I think the three of us are really hard workers. And I think what happens is I'll walk into a space and because of the way this world is, I'll kind of like, I'll forget that I need to prove myself because I'm going to walk into that space and do what I need to do, period, right? And then you'll have that moment where you're like, oh, black. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're like, oh. oh, my God. <laughs> you're, like, oh. Oh. you're like, oh, this person's not taking me as seriously because of X. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, I felt that, like, in my intestines. <laughs> all like 20 feet of them (laughs) it's not that you ever forget that you're black you're just like you you know you're gonna walk in and give 150 percent like we've talked about right it's hot it's crying tears y'all i know you can't say i wish you could see them (laughs) (laughs) you never you never forget that you're black but you're always like oh this is why you're not taking me as seriously and obviously we're black women so you're like which one is it this time you know what i mean (laughs) so i guess i want to know like some of the tactics you might use um i know like code switching is a big one for a lot of people but what are some of the tactics that you might use and do you have any resentment for any of those or do you feel like you kind of step into that like let's go ahead and prove it and then you can get over whatever bias you have and we'll move on yeah I mean gosh when it's physical it's so easy because I come from such a physical upbringing that it's like oh you think I can't sit down for five seconds let me show you I can let's move on let's get it done and now that it's academic it's way worse because people only associate me with physical attributes and it's like oh so you don't think that I can go to this school and get these grades because I spent all these years dancing? How do those two not fit into the same human? So, I mean, it's like a cocky moment. It's a cocky moment. It's like, let me just drop my GPA. And how gross is that? And how unnecessary is that? But, you know, I just saw um, Trevor Noah, bless his heart. He was talking about how um, black excellence is just, it's never it's always questioned by white people and it's turned into, Oh wow. Are you trying to be an elitist? And it's like, no, I'm just trying to get on zero with you. 
so that we can move forward and do what needs to be done. It, it has nothing to do with that. You, I got to be on 11 for me. Exactly. It's, I mean, look at poor Obama. <laughs> poor oh, Obama. God. Dad. Oh my God, I do like that. <laughs> oh, mom and dad. <laughs> right. Do you think they want us on their podcast? They, We're trying to get them on. Trying to get them on our wow. podcast. Is, okay, can I just like, like be there? Yeah. Oh, of course. We have like a hidden room with like all these people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like this podcast isn't legit yet because Jen has not dragged me. But, oh, I mean, I'm, we're not that far into it. What I'll probably do is drag you in the intro when you're not here and you can't defend. Oh, your- that's true. That's kind of my style. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Stank. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to do is drag Mr. Little, who is our 10th grade math teacher, who do it. Called do us it. This, the, he confused us. And what, maybe we'll do a little video or picture for the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> we do not look alike. Love you. We do not look oh. alike. We never have either. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's Canadian. Is that his excuse? I mean, I do love Mr. Little. Shout out. Yeah. I mean, I hated that class, but he was pretty cool. Except for that, you know, racism. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the racism. Did he you was like that. <laughs> Shout out to America. He was cool minus racism. Like, oh, you have to legitimately say things like that. Uh, at least we can now. We don't have to worry about people, like, not hiring. Oh, well, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> oh, God. All right. It's I'll easier to say to when you're not trying to get a job. It's getting I mean, just hot a student. again. <laughs> We're getting we're sweating. We're literally. Um, I'll drag you. Don't worry. But you definitely will not be able to defend yourself. That's, okay. That's what the comments are for. about Tuck. <laughs> And my heart and soul. Yes. So Christian Jr. No, that's CJ. Oh, God. First of all, get your grandson's name right. Christian Jeremy Kogol. Nickname is Tuck. Tucky Poo. Such a He is how old now? Seven weeks? Seven and a half weeks old. Amazing. He's Um, delicious. What has he taught you so far? Oh, my God. Um, you don't need as much sleep as you think you do. (laughs) He's taught me a lot about perspective though. I mean, if I wasn't practical at my decision-making before, I certainly am now it's, but now it's more about, uh, people. Whereas before it was about like, you know, should I take this opportunity? Should I spend time doing that? Now it's like, is this person actually adding value to my life? Or I mean, I really don't have time and I am so not the one. Like if you're going to waste my time with anything, especially if you are going to demand presence in my life and not only bring value to my son, you got to go because I will in no way, shape or form risk damaging the purity that is in that little boy. Mm. Like he, he does not deserve the America we are in right now. We got to get that together because no, no, he's just too good. He's too perfect. He, he, he deserves more. And it's our job to do that. And now I get it. Now I get my moms are psycho because it's like, do not tell them no. Do not tell them that your child is going to be just fine. No, they're going to do it themselves because it needs to be done. I mean, it, yeah, he, he's fired me up for sure. As if you weren't already fired up enough. Who, <laughs> me? Career-wise though, how has your family Tuck, CJ, affected your choices career-wise? Or has it? Oh, man. Well, I mean, they definitely haven't sat me down and been like, you need to do something more substantial. Um, I think I put that pressure on myself. But 
I just want to do it for them. I don't want to be in a position where I can't give him absolutely everything and anything he needs. Um, not in like a spoiled way though. I'm sure I will also spoil the crap out of him, (laughs) but if he wants to go to a specific school or if he needs like equipment for a sport or whatever, financially, I want to be able to do that. But then beyond that, the policy aspect of what I'm really interested in doing it career wise is going to directly affect him that I do not want to even consider an Ahmad Arbery situation when it comes to Tuck. Like I, I cannot, those things do not equate to me. Like the math is one plus one is five. Like it just doesn't work. So I need to Brie, Brie herself needs to fix the police force. <laughs> I need to fix racism. I need to fix voting suppression. Like I I just need to fix it all. I I need to become Ben and Jerry's and just do it all because it it has to get done. Like we cannot wait anymore. And I I don't want to be worried about him going to a park by himself or going for a jog or like buying Skittles. Like I'm not interested in that. So if there's anything I can do, and if that means like I can put my Kamala auntie on, then like, let's go. Yeah. Well, in that regard, what are your goals from after graduation? And um, what what is your end goal? And obviously, that may change in the next few years. But right now, what is that? Yeah, that's the I mean, I'm leaving room for dream remix, because that seems to be my thing. But, um, you know, I am going to apply. Well, hopefully my test scores will allow me to apply for law school, but I don't necessarily want to become a practicing lawyer. Um, I really just want to focus on public policy. And if that means local representation, cool. If that means law firm, cool. Like, I don't exactly know. It's kind of going to be where um, my skills are best served. And I think I won't learn about those skills until I do more schooling. Um, Because I can think and dream all I want, but I, I have to be practical about what am I good at and what where will I best serve the community in a way that serves Tuck. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure yet, but check back in a year or two. And well, <laughs> I mean, just so that all to all the Brie fans out there who are going to be listening to this podcast, <laughs> shout out mom, <laughs> <laughs> wondering, but. I love my Brie on Fit On. Does this mean... Oh, I'm not quitting Fit On. Okay. <laughs> they're Come on, gonna, y'all. They're going to ask. They're going to be like, wait, what does this mean for us? Oh, no. Fit On for life. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but Fit On is a completely free luxury at-home streaming fitness app. Why wouldn't I want to do that? I mean, that's the same as like policy right there. That is contributing to mental health and physical health improvement for free you're friends with gabrielle union so why would you ever stop doing that by proximity i'll take it (laughs) yeah i'll take it claim it (laughs) (laughs) does that mean our kids are friends yes yes kavya for live kavya and tuck (gasps) done oh my god prom 20 prom 2038 sure wow yikes yikes Yikes. i can't do the math yet i can't do the math (laughs) Who knows if there'll even be like school then? Well, of course yeah. there'll be school, but like we'll be on the win space. <laughs> Great. Space <Just> prom. <laughs> Astronaut prom. <laughs> Slow dancing in my spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Slow floating in your spacesuit. Aw. It's probably better, actually. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's good. So you will still have a presence in the fitness world and oh, forever. That stuff. That's great. Yeah, you can't get rid of me that easily. Like I said, I want to do it all. I'm a psycho mom. Yes, you can. If, if we know anything about Brie Kogel, she, I, 
<laughs> I, it's hard to say. I'm so used to Brie Brinker. I oh, almost I right away. I knew you were mad at me, and I'm not ready to be for you to be upset with me yet. You can call me Brie Brinker for the rest of your life. I just call I you mean, Breeze. Breezy. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you've talked about this a little bit in terms of advice, but in general, for someone who is maybe starting out, not knowing really what it is they want to do. Um, and especially since you have done so many different things, what advice do you have for someone who's starting out looking for a path, looking for a career? Mm, okay. So this is kind of like advice that contradicts itself. So there's two parts to it. Part number one, you don't know anything, mm. nothing. Facts. L- literally. Because- no, you can stop there. I'm, I'm, Yes, you're right. But right, like I mean, I, I still try to take this advice myself. You don't know anything, become a sponge and like absorb as much as possible. Take it in, figure it out for yourself, and then spit it back out. Right. What we wish more Americans did when it comes to voting. Think for yourself. Hello. And then on the other side of that, be cocky. Be cocky. Believe in yourself and walk into the room like you deserve it, like you absolutely should be in that room and others will treat you that way. So it's hard to do that duality, but that is exactly how I've gotten through my career. I mean, I obviously did not go get a musical theater degree. And yet the reason I was on Broadway is because I faked it until I made it, right? But along the way, I got little pieces here and there and I put in my pocket and you know, not all of them made it into the pocket right? And so some things you have to let go. But, you know, it's like I said before, when I was a bad rockette, I wasn't spongy enough because I was too cocky because who gets that job at 19 years old? And it wasn't even my first job. It was like my third job. So I was like, hello, I'm great. And I'm happy to be here. You're lucky to have me, which works to a certain extent. But if you don't also sponge it out, you're missing the other half. Mm. So yeah, you know nothing and you are also a, a star. So both of those things, figure out that duality, make it work. I love that. And that's where we're going to end the show, guys. Word? Bye. I would drop this, but it's not my mic. <laughs> Imagine if you just threw the mic on the floor. CJ would be like, um, babe. <laughs> so I said you could use it, not mic. break it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jen, do you have any other questions? I... Don't. I mean, I do. I, I do want to know. I have a few questions, but I, I think that that was just such a great place to end. But what I do want to know is what does abundance mean to you? Oh, my gosh. I've been thinking about this because obviously I know that you guys asked this question and I never have come up with what I thought was a good answer. Um, and by good, I mean, like an answer I would want to hear and like take with me that would change my life. Right. Because my answer just kept being very like obvious um, and not profound or unusual. And then I was like, I guess that's just how it is. I mean, it's my son. Like he's just, he's everything. And he's just like the, the perfect product of love. And you just look into those eyes and you see all of this wonder and joy and exploration and just like purity. It's just untouched. And it's just so delicious. And I, I just look at him and I think all things are possible. And I think there is no limit to how far we can go with our greatness. And if that's not God, like nothing is. So yeah, it's like, it's Mr. Tuck. Mr. Tuck, my grandson. 
I don't get that. I don't get it. I'm not sure what you're, I really don't. He had a child. He is my grandson. But where's the lineage? Like, who can you between... are the mom? I am the grandmother. What else do you need to know? So you're my mom. That I never said that. Is this like the house of Jen? Like you're the queen mother? Like is Ooh, that where we're now going? We're now we're talking. That okay. That makes more sense. Like that I can get behind. All... That is my drag son. My drag grandson. Yes. I'm okay with that. That makes sense to me. You're gonna have to talk to Cheryl and Jerry about it though. I'm definitely not talking to your mom about that at all. You know that they have t shirts with their like grandparent names on them. Oh, where's like, my is it? Okay. Mom is Noni. So once, once we um shut shut this down, I'll give you my address because I didn't see my wow. t-shirt in the mail. Wow, I know Cheryl, are you on my address for more than fifteen years? So wow, wow. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Yo, <laughs> re-listening to the oh my god, black. <laughs> I was crying again. <laughs> I love you girls so much. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, man. It was such a fun catch-up, almost, because Brie lives in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm in New York. Now you're in California. Mm-hmm. I think we should just have podcast episodes with Brie every season. How about Yeah, that? we should just be like, oh, we want you on the podcast and not even record it and just, like, have a phone call. <laughs> exactly. Because... <laughs> Brie is a mom. So she's at a different stage in her life and between school, being a mom, also doing her fitness. Girl, when do you have time? Uh, doing the most as always. And I just loved, the, the, like she's never said it quite like this where she's like, if I'm not into something, I won't really do it. But if I'm into it, I'll do it 1 million percent. And I'm like, if anything has ever described Brie, that is it. Uh, I think a lot of us are like that, but Brie really will put her whole foot into it. You know what I mean? And yeah. f- to be successful in so many careers is something like really special. And um, to be able to chat with her about that was really cool because I think we talk about it casually, but really diving in uh, inspired me I, I, as always. And um, I just, yeah, I think it, I think it's cool to be able to chat with her about these things because a lot of people did have questions. They've seen her be so successful. And for me, listen, if I'm on the cover of Shape and if I'm like top 10 Instagram influencers, I'm not going nowhere until they start saying, girl, you are geriatric. You can't be in the fitness world no more. I'm staying right there. But Bree's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of done with that. So cool. Yeah, yeah. To have that sort of confidence and conviction to know it's time to bow out. I have more to give in this other sector so I'm going to go do that. And we'll talk a lot, a little bit about this in our um, bonus episode, which you can find on Patreon if you're a Patreon. But um, the multi-hyphenated career is something that has always fascinated me and is something that I'm only just dipping my foot into now. So it's really nice to talk to someone who's been there, done that, and see how they've been successful at it. And I can then emulate that in my current hyphenated world where I'm trying to do so many things that I have a passion for. So I really want to, you know, keep it up. Yeah. The slashers is what they call them. And I think it's so interesting because I think we're getting out of a time when we're just burning ourselves out completely and really just pivoting right into a space where 
a lot of people do a lot of different things and they can do them well. I think when we first got into this last generation, everybody was just doing everything with mediocrity. And now we're like, okay, I can be a mother and a fitness professional and working on policy to change the world. Um, and, you know, I think Brie is a very special brand of human that probably was always able to do so many things at once. Um, but now we're getting to a point where we can take the advice that she gave us during this podcast and apply it to our own lives. So I hope you got as much uh, from this as we did. Yeah. Awesome. So guys, it's been another great week on the non-traditional podcast. You know, follow us on all of the socials. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. We'll be talking about YouTube sometime, (laughs) sometime later. But if you want to listen to our bonus episodes, if you want to get the episodes earlier than Monday, sign up to be a Patreon and, you know, you'll get all those little perks and maybe a mug if you are a best friend of the pod. What do I got to do to get a mug? Can I, like, I work here. <laughs> What's up? <Okay. laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't even roast Brie because I'm so stupid proud of her. So ugh, I failed, but I can't. I have nothing bad to say about you. Give me, give me a few minutes. <laughs> next time, Brie. We'll get you next time. Oh, amazing. See you guys right, next well, week. Yep. See you next week. Bye. Non-traditional is produced and edited by me, Anastasia. And our theme song is Wildfire by Esabalu, and you can find it wherever you purchase music. You can find us on Instagram at non, that's N-O-N-E, underscore traditional, and Twitter at TraditionalPod. Subscribe to our newsletter on our website and keep up to date on all things non-traditional. Non-traditional.